0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Mushtar FM 89.6. Today, we have the show Point of View. I'm Maria, and today with me, I have
1: Natalia. Hi. And Victoria. Hello. How are you girls? I'm okay. How are you? I, yeah,
0: I just exist. Are you ready for romance? Of course. (laughs) Yeah,
2: that's what I don't have in my life. So at least I can talk about it.
0: Yes, it's fine because today we have a very romantic topic, as I have said, and that is because today we are going to discuss our concept of love. So first of all, I want to discuss a little bit about the myth of romantic love. I will give you a description and then you guys can tell me your opinion about it. Basically, romantic love in Western societies is often portrayed in a stereotypical way, two yearning halves who search for each other to find their complete original state. Few find this bliss because it's a myth, dating back to Plato. In Greek mythology, the perfect lovers were joined together and sliced in two. Love, then, is the desire of each part to find the missing other. This myth lingers on in popular culture, love stories, and romantic comedies. It affects our social identity, which for many is formed by stereotypical scripted portrayals of relationships. Often, less consciously, we keep on searching for our missing half, the ideal. But then we have divorce, which attests to why this ideal doesn't exist. So, as I've said, this is the myth of romantic love. Do you believe in this myth or do you have perhaps another concept of love?
2: I don't really believe in this myth because I think that I am a complete human being and I don't need the other half to feel this way. And it sounds nice. Just um, imagine that there is someone out there who is perfect for you. But it's just a myth, as you said.
1: I think it can be true. I believe in it to some degree because I think there might be another half wandering around the world somewhere, but it's not a guarantee that we ever find it. So maybe the ideal person exists somewhere for each of us, but again, there is no guarantee. It's just hard to find them.
0: So do you think it's just one person who can complete you?
1: Not complete... To complete me, no, this part I don't like, I think it's a myth. But there can be several people who can be ideal or the best, let's say, for the relationships. But the thing is,
2: the main argument of this myth is that you have to find someone who is going to complete you. So that's the core idea, that without this person, you will never feel like the way you should, kind of.
1: I don't know. It says the other half, but for me, it doesn't mean that I'm not wholesome. Mm. I think it can be the other half like, I don't know, tea and sugar. You can have it together, but they're fine by themselves.
2: Yeah, but yeah, for me, half is like part of something. So it's not like things that match each other or that suit each other. It's like a part of something, but that's
0: how I understand the word half. So yeah, speaking about half... Do you guys believe in soulmates? Because, you know, according to this myth and according to romantic love, there is just one soulmate, as we've talked about. But let's put it on a bigger spectrum. Like, do you believe soulmates are just romantic? Do you believe you can have friends who are soulmates also? Or what do you believe in?
1: I do believe in soulmates. And for me, they're firstly friends rather than partners or lovers. I think a soulmate is just the perfect friend who will be around you, maybe not throughout all your life, but for a significant period of your life? Yeah, I think I'm going to sound really sour, (laughs) like throughout the whole program. But first of
2: all, I think I need to say that I don't really believe in soul. That means that I don't believe in soulmates either, because we don't have souls.
1: That's being very picky about the words, you know? Well, but because that's what we use to define
2: things, no? and if i don't believe that it exists then
0: okay then let's say it in another way do you believe there is a love of your life just one multiple no love
2: um i think that there might be a few partners that can match my personality that's what i believe in but i don't believe in people or like halves or soulmates that were made somewhere out there in the skies and who are waiting for me no
0: Okay. And what about you, Natasha? What do you think about the concept of love of your life? Do you think there's just one? You can have several. You don't know until the day you die which person was the love of your life?
1: I think I will never know that. But in general, like practically speaking, it's hard to believe in it, that there is only one soulmate or love of my life. I think that people are way too complicated to understand, like, is it a love of my life or... What is it? And we are also living in quite a troubled world. That is why maybe there is a love of my life, but just the circumstances doesn't allow him to show it or to prolong the love.
0: Yeah, for me, I'm going to give also my opinion. I'm just not moderator because I want to also express myself. And so I will say that for me, I think there are multiple loves of your life. I think there are like too many people in this world who only have one because that would mean that only one person is compatible with you. And I don't think that's the case. I think there are a lot of options and I think that you could fall in love with anybody, basically. And I think that the day I die, maybe if I'm in the hospital and I fall in love with my doctor and I'm like, okay, I had a lot of crushes and I had a lot of loves in my life. But this doctor, he is the love of my life because I'm just here dying. And I think this is the person. And no one can take that away from me.
1: That is so romantic, lion said. I
0: mean, yes, because I would be dying. Okay, so we have more or less what is the concept of love that each of us has. But now I want to go to the basics. Like go to when you first meet someone and you see them for the first time. Do you believe in love at first sight?
2: I don't believe in love at first sight. I believe in attraction at the first sight. Yeah, you might be attracted to someone's appearance or voice or whatever it is. There are a lot of attributes that we can get attracted to. But I cannot call it love because it's much deeper than just your first impression of a person. I'm afraid to give my opinion.
0: You can always give us your opinion. I respect it, Natasha. Don't worry.
1: Okay, I respect it too. What was that? (laughs) (laughs) No, because it's so contrasting. I'm just a bit uncomfortable to share it. But I do believe at love at first talk, not at first sight. So it can be a second meeting when you really talk with a person. It can be a small conversation for me. But yes, it happened a couple of times.
2: But, you know, I think that, well, I am going to paraphrase not looks, but talks can deceive you because a lot of people are trying to pretend that they're someone else and they can share the ideas that are not really there and you might fall in love with them saying oh my god I just I love the way they talk and their ideas but it might be the article that they read the other day and they were like okay I'm gonna impress that girl and maybe I, I will get laid I don't know.
1: Okay, but somewhere in the middle of it was a key. So the girl falls in love. No, I mean, okay, falls for a person. <laughs> Let's not use the word love. But if it happened to me, I definitely know it was love. It was not just a crush. Okay, so it was love for you. You fell in love in the image that you like have. No, home. I continued to talk to these people for a couple of years. Yeah, a couple of years, but... Okay, let's
2: say that you talked to this person the first time and you were impressed and you fell in love and stuff. But then the second day, what if they say different things?
1: Say not. Okay.
0: Okay, so I want to know because I'm interested in this. About you met this person and you said the second time you talked to this person, you were like, love, love in the air. So how do you know you're in love? Like, how do you know? That's what I want to know.
1: Butterflies.
0: Mm, that takes me to our next point. Okay, okay. Because I have a thing about butterflies. Do you know uh, who Halsey is?
2: No, no.
0: She slash they, I'm gonna call her she because she goes by the two pronouns. But she is a singer from the United States. She's very popular. It doesn't surprise me that you guys don't know her, but I know her. I'm a big fan. And she was talking about a song that she has called Graveyard. And one of the lyrics is, it's funny how the warning signs can feel like they're butterflies. So I heard that and I was wondering, but butterflies are supposed to be a good thing. So why is Halsey saying that it's a warning sign? So I got into TikTok And I found a video of her in an interview, and she said that she came up with these lyrics because she had a conversation with her mother. And basically, she was mourning a breakup, and she was talking to her mother about it. She was saying, oh, I'm so heartbroken, like, how could have this happened? I remember when I first met them, they gave me butterflies. And the mother was like, whoa, honey, that was your first red flag. And she was like, what do you mean? Butterflies are good. It means you have a crush. And the mother said, butterflies are bad because you shouldn't be nervous about someone liking you. You shouldn't be hanging on to their approval like it's a hit of some drug, like when they text you back and you're worried about if they're going to be nice to you or not. And when they're nice and you're like, yes, like you shouldn't be worried about if the person you love is going to be nice to you or not. Or if you wear something nice and they compliment you and then you're like, yes, another one. And you're pocketing all those compliments in your heart and you get this adrenaline rush every time they're nice to you. That's manipulation. That's not love. That anxiety, those butterflies, is your body's way of warning you that this is not okay. So Halsey was like, mom, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, no, like butterflies are good. But a year later, she said she started to grow as a person and she started dating again. And she felt calm because she knew the new person that she was seeing liked her for who she was. For example, she was not worried about that person texting her back because she knew they liked her or about what she wore because for, you know, the same reason. And she was experiencing this safe, comfortable relationship. And then she thought that her mother was right. So, after everything I said, (laughs) my question for you is, what do you think of this? Do you think butterflies are good or are bad? Because I didn't think of this before. I didn't think of butterflies being something bad before I saw this TikTok. But I think she has a point.
2: Okay, there is a lot to unwrap. Um, There are some quite extreme points that her mother made that I don't really agree with saying that, well, if you feel nervous around someone, that means that they are manipulating you. Well, that's a little bit too much because sometimes what you're feeling does not really depend on the other person because that's how you interpret the situation. And we should also like remember the biological side that it's okay sometimes to feel nervous around new people and uh, it's not only about lovers. That happens in different contexts. So maybe when you meet a person for the first time and you can feel something inside you, that's totally fine to me because that's something new and, uh, you know, something unexpected maybe.
0: So that is the reason why you would feel nervous? Because if it's a new person, you can be like, hey, hello, you're cute. But like, why do you have to be nervous about it?
2: I would not define it as being nervous. So I don't feel nervous, but I feel quite pumped up, let's say. So like feeling these butterflies does not mean that you're really nervous. But again, it just depends on how you (laughs) interpret your feelings. So I can feel maybe inspired around this person or there are different feelings that can happen inside.
0: But is there butterflies?
2: So just to sum up what I've just said, feeling butterflies for me is not feeling nervous or I don't know, in danger next to this person.
1: I think feeling butterflies is is similar to feeling just some physical attraction or some kind of attraction which involves physical or mental attraction or whatever but with this conversation with the mother I think that's a bit old-fashioned because years back there were a lot of arranged marriages and like marriages of convenience that is why I think that people didn't really feel love but they felt okay they felt friendly with each other and that was fine for them they could continue just communicating and getting married and having kids and living like that. But they were not robots, right? (laughs) They also had feelings? Yes, but that could be just a very basic feeling of safety and like agreeing with the person who is next to you, but not necessarily love. I think so. And at least I also read a lot of stories like that. When there was some sparkle or a crush or just The person seemed to be nice. He had a nice suit, why not? And they really got married after that because as well, you couldn't really start a relationship and not engage with the person after that. So if you start a relationship, then you continue your lives together. That's how it was, I think, some 60 years ago, even in America. But maybe
2: that's a social aspect of it. And if we're talking about feelings, I think that they've been always like this all the time. So maybe you fell in love from the first sight and whatever, but because of the social norms, you couldn't go for it. And that's why people chose more
1: convenient options. Yeah, but that is what the mother was telling. I think she was telling this old option of love. Like if you feel fine, if you feel okay, then it is love as well. You don't need to feel butterflies. I'm not sure.
0: For me, I will tell you, Natasha, because I want to discuss this with you further, because for me, this does make sense, you know, because I am an anxious person. So I do feel this nervousness whenever I have a crush. And so I feel like it seems like forever. I remember being 15 and having these butterflies, but I didn't like the feeling of butterflies because I would call them like butterflies with chainsaws because it was like a sensation that I did not like. I did not enjoy But then when I read this, I was like, okay, because it is true that when, I don't know, my crush compliments me or like, I don't know, they do something nice for me or they're nice to me, I do feel this little like kick, like, oh my God, they're being nice. Oh my God, this is so nice. And then I'm like, oh, this person was nice to me. But then it's like, is it that I'm seeking further approval? Is it not that I don't feel safe? Is it, what is it? Why am I feeling this? Because I should feel these feelings by myself, not someone giving them to me. So I don't think the mother is saying that you should go for someone who you don't feel as passionate with. I'm just thinking that she's saying, find someone who you feel comfortable with, someone who you feel safe with, and someone who you know that likes you, so you don't have to be stressed about this person being like, oh my God, maybe I like him, maybe I don't. Oh my God, what should I do? So it's like anxiety-free. That's why I like about this.
1: I'm quite sure that butterflies are natural, that it's some part of our hormone system or whatever, and that is why we feel it. Yeah, I agree with you. Natasha. And also commenting
2: your Maria point. The thing is that people are codependent and getting this nice feedback or getting compliments i think that's totally fine and that you feel nice about yourself after the compliments that's also good but of course it does not mean that your whole confidence should be based on this feedback but still this feedback it kind of nourishes maybe or like boosts this confidence if i make sense
0: yeah i think i get it so What you guys are saying is that maybe, you can correct me if I'm mistaken, but do you prefer a more passionate and irresistible love rather than a calm and comfortable one?
2: I think the second, yeah, calm, calm relationship.
0: But you said that you like butterflies.
2: But <laughs> it does not contradict. Like butterflies is not about a passionate relationship. It's just, again, the difference in defining what butterflies are. For me, this is not nervousness. For me, butterflies is it's just a nice feeling, like this warm, feeling inside when I look at this person I feel that I can trust them that I am safe around them so it's not about nervousness it's just maybe more about just acknowledging that yeah I'm comfortable around this person
1: I'd say that both are fine I don't have a preference and also I'm very curious because maybe I don't know the different ways on this specter so there might be butterflies in any case, but a calm relationship is fine. Especially, I think, when you're like 40 plus. However, it really depends on people.
0: But you're talking about this because, Natasha, you and I have talked about this. And you told me that, for example, for you, a relationship that is easy and fun is boring.
1: No, I think people who are easy and fun are boring.
0: So another relationship, just the person. Yes. Okay. So what are the two adjectives that you would like to have in a relationship then?
1: Oh, that's very complicated. That's a difficult question. But maybe fun and intelligence.
0: Okay. What about you, Vicky? Other than calm and comfortable. Do you like other words? Is
2: that an attack? Okay. um, If I were to choose the two adjectives, they would be mm, supportive
1: and flexible. And for you, Maria.
0: Okay, for me, it would be idealized and unreal. So let's move on. So let's go to, if you go to that person and maybe that person doesn't like you back, let's say. Can you fall in love with somebody that you have never dated?
1: Yes, I can. You're so romantic, Natasha. That's so it cute. It just happens to me. I cannot control it. But yes, I can fall in love if I don't date a person. Yes, I can fall in love if I know that they are dating someone currently it's just in the air i don't know
2: yeah if i'm around this person uh, and i know them and i value their personality traits or our relationship not necessarily romantic yeah like i mean from their side
0: so my question is still the same from before how do you know when a crush is a crush or when a crush it's someone you're in love with Because you have both said that if you're not with this person, you can still fall in love. So where is the line? How do you know that that crush is someone you're in love with?
2: That's too complicated. (laughs) (laughs) To me, it's just the concept of love. Sometimes it's not something that is easily comprehensive, like that you can break it down and put a label to every single thing.
0: Okay, because, for example, I asked another one of our colleagues, and she gave me a list of the things she thought happens when you fall in love. So maybe I can tell you this list, and you can tell me if you agree or not. Okay. Okay, so Carmen is the person. Carmen told me that when you fall in love, whenever you think about this person, you feel happy. Mm, That mightn't be true.
2: Yes, for me. Why not for me? (laughs) Well, uh, maybe overall you feel happy around this person, but again, we're human beings and sometimes we have conflicts and one day you find out that you maybe have a different perspective on something and you had a quarrel and then at this moment you don't really feel happy around this person, but it does not mean that there's no love or something like
0: that. The second point is, if something happens to you, good or bad, you want to tell this person first.
1: Yes, I agree with that. Maybe. Maybe I'm ready to share it, but then I think if I understand that this person will be especially interested in it, then yes.
0: Okay. The third one is that this person is now your favorite person in the whole wide world.
1: No. Favorite? No. Special, yes. And why not? I have
0: friends, I
2: have my family, and I've known these people far, far longer than this particular person. And I don't think that I will neglect other people in favor of this person. Yeah, as Natasha said, yeah, this person is special, but it does not mean that this is the most important person.
0: And the fourth one to know if you have fallen in love with somebody is, you just know. You don't have to ask yourself questions.
2: That's the easiest way. (laughs) You don't have to reflect on anything. You just say, yeah, it is as it is. It is what it is.
1: When I know that I accept a person with all of his little faults and mistakes, yes, then I know.
0: Okay, it's still uh, not clear for me, but I guess I will find out in the future. Okay, and going along with this idea of someone... You're not going to date, but you're in love with. And now this person. (laughs) No. (laughs) And now this person doesn't like you back. So they break your heart. Can they break your heart? Do you think they're able to do it?
2: No, I don't think that people are able to break your heart. They are able to jeopardize your trust. They are able to bail on you or whatever it is. But it is up to you how you interpret the situation and whether you choose your heart to be broken or not. Because like, I can tell this from my personal experience because uh, my first relationships were really messed up. And yeah, back then I would have said, yeah, they can break my heart. But that was me who chose to interpret those relationships that way. But in reality, you can say, well, yeah, this is how it is. And it just, it doesn't have to do anything with breaking your heart. What doesn't kill it makes it stronger?
1: I don't know how to comment on this. It's a hard one because I think normally I didn't date people who I was in love. So if they reject me, that won't be a rejection either. That will be more like, I don't know, ignorance, maybe some kind of when you don't have any feedback because basically you don't ask for feedback, you're not together. That is why breaking my heart, I think it will be hard to manage to do it, but at the same time, I might feel neglected or rejected, but that will be my feeling. Like the person won't be responsible even for the feeling, I think.
0: Okay, my old therapist would agree with both of you, so good job. Then my next question is, can you fall in love with anybody or do you have a type? Which means that you only fall in love with people who are in a certain box of your standards?
2: I would go for the box of my standards, I think. Because I have gained a particular experience and I've been communicating to different people and I have noticed the pattern, so to say, that there are some attributes that attract me that I like and some that I don't. And it's easier this way to kind of assess whether you're compatible or not.
1: I think I don't have one box. I probably have a lot of boxes. So there will be lots of different features and several types. But as well, sometimes a person just surprises you So it will be out of the box.
0: Yeah, for me, it's out of the box, definitely, because I can have a type. But then if I have a crush, it could be on anybody, basically. Like, I don't expect this person. And then they come and I'm like, okay, sure. Why me? Now, I want to go back into your past, because you girls are experienced women compared to me (laughs) in this matter. You're wise. No, you know, so I want to know. How has your perspective of love changed when you were a teen or younger versus now?
2: Well, the thing is that I started dating only at 19. And I don't think that 19 falls into this teenage years box. It is teen. but No, it is young adults to me. So like from 18, maybe. So when I was a teenager, I didn't have any real dating experience. I did have crushes and mostly it was this uh, hyper romanticized picture in my head because everything was based on the media that i was consuming back then books tv series and uh, they create this hyper reality that you kind of let in your life and you base everything on just what you see but yeah when I started dating at 19 I also had those ideas in the beginning of the relationship but that relationship was quite eye-opening I think and educational if I can put it this way and by the end of that relationship I had changed my idea about what relationship is about
1: I think that I have just become more demanding, and I have certain expectations of people. So it's hard to really fall in love with anybody. As we mentioned, there should be certain attributes, and I've just got to understand what kind of attributes there can be, or what kind of attributes there shouldn't be at all because of my previous experience. But overall, I don't know. I think it's very hard to ever complete this picture. What is ideal love or what is ideal relationships?
0: Yes, for me, especially when I was a teenager, I was obsessed with the idea of love. Like I would read books about men just to get into their brains and to know how they thought and how they acted, what they wanted. And I was, like, obsessed with rom-coms and I wanted just the perfect prince for me. I was, like, all about that. But then when I grew older, I realized that I don't care about their opinion, like, what they want. Like, I don't care. I just, if I find somebody, then I have to be okay with it, too, not just what the man wants. So, yeah, for me, that was a complete change but yeah when I was a teenager especially yes it was for me I was obsessed like clearly obsessed and now it's the opposite I'm just like I don't want to have crushes I don't want to fall in love I'm like a skeptical like I don't need that in my life so yeah for me that was the biggest change
2: yeah my first just talking about teenage years my first fictional love was Mr. Darcy and I still think that he is he is my type yes I want to have Mr. Darcy in my life
0: (laughs) So fictional people.
2: Fictional people, yeah. Because they are perfect. <laughs> well no. usually
0: fictional people.
2: No fi- they're not perfect.
1: I I think I never got it. Like when all of my friends were in love with someone from Harry Potter, for example. I was pretending to be but I really didn't feel anything. It's like it's a book.
2: Yeah, maybe that's the problem with Harry Potter because there is no one that is really <laughs> lovable. <laughs> Okay, no, 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 that's a bad word. No, I also, I didn't have a crush on any Harry Potter's characters, only Mr. Darcy. And also Mamoru from Sailor Moon. Uh, Mamoru yeah, was um, Tsukino's boyfriend. Like, they were the main characters, basically. But yeah, but, but now I think that he is one of the worst guys ever. God, just, I, I will maybe record my own podcast about how bad it was.
0: Okay, so you girls have told me a little bit about what you want in a relationship. Vicky has talked about flexibility. She has talked about calm and space and everything else. Natasha has also said that she has several boxes. Could you please elaborate? What do you want in a relationship now?
2: Now I don't want a relationship. Period. Period. (laughs) Because it is time consuming and it requires some sort of effort. And right now I have more important things in my life that I have to focus on. And I understand that I just, I cannot give this amount of attention to someone. And I think that if you cannot really do that, then you shouldn't be in a relationship. Because I don't want the other person to feel neglected. So I'm trying
1: to assess my own dating ability. (laughs) Yeah, talking about attention. I love attention. So I'm an attention seeker in a relationship. I mean, I also
2: need attention in my relationship, because that's what a relationship is for to me, like exchanging the energy and the attention and being there when you need each other. So it's basically more about support.
1: Yeah, that is why. Like, uh, there were different kinds of relationships for me. And sometimes I was really lacking attention, even though there was some. So I am really looking for more attention. But also, as I mentioned, intellectual exchange is important for me. So there should be this constant thread of ideas or just conversations about books or anything in the world, really. Yeah, I Do- agree with you. And also something that
2: you can explore together and uh, develop together.
1: That is ideal. Yeah, (laughs) but still. That is maybe hard to achieve. I think then you really need a compatible person because otherwise someone wants to go to the mountains and the other person wants to explore a local bookshop. And then it's just hard, but it's possible as well.
2: Well, I would like to see someone who at least wants to try something out new with me because I I like trying out new things, new hobbies, I don't know, pottery or drawing or going to mountains or rafting or whatever. And yeah, I would like to give it a go with uh, my partner. And well, if they don't like it, that's fine. Yeah, I'm not going to pressure into doing something that they don't want to. But still knowing that they are willing to, I don't know, maybe share my enthusiasm about something. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I, w- I would be happy.
0: Now, what I want to know also is, would you change for love? For example, converting to a religion or going to a different country to be with this person or something extreme like that? Well,
2: I, I think that going to a different country is not really changing yourself. Maybe the location. <laughs>
0: Yes, but you will have to change your lifestyle, your life. That's what I mean.
2: Again, I think that you can follow your lifestyle pretty much in a different country. There are a lot of ways of how you can adjust to a new culture. So I think I could move to a different country for my love. But again, I should like this country. So I wouldn't stay for someone in Hungary, for example. I'm sorry, but no. (laughs) I don't want to live in this country. That's why I will be dating someone who likes the same places as me. So, well, that that means that, (laughs) no, actually, I'm not going to change for the person. Maybe we could find a compromise on something, but there are some fundamental things that I cannot compromise on. So if it is something that is core to me, then no. I'd rather find someone who is compatible and who has the same, yeah, the same morals.
1: Well, if we are talking about religion, then probably no, I'm not ready to change. I'm not ready to adopt any religious approaches, at least for now in my life. If the person is Buddhist, though, maybe I would think about that. But as a religion, it's just too different from my perception of life and how it is. So I think it might be hard and challenging for me but other extremities what other other options I don't know what else should happen that I should change myself move to a new country It really depends on country again if that's a country in a region which I don't know probably not if that's a country where I'm curious to go, maybe yes. Mm, there might be some aspects where I would hesitate. Like if the country is New Zealand, let's say. It's too far from the continent. And I have family back here, like in European part of this world. So maybe I would be too worried. And I wouldn't know what to prioritize. But yeah, I don't know other extremes.
0: Okay, the extreme extreme would be changing aspects of your personality, for example. Like if this person, like for example, if you're an introvert and this person is like, please, I need you to be an extrovert.
1: Um, What I have in mind right now is not polite, so I'm not going to pronounce it.
0: So let's just say that no, you wouldn't change.
1: No, for sure, no.
0: Okay, that's what I wanted. So, you know, you guys are being rational here, I think, because you're saying I will not change in some things that I find core to myself. But do you think love itself is rational? Do you think you can control your feelings or at least, you know, being able to say, okay, I know that this person is not right for me. It doesn't matter how how I feel about them. I will just break the relationship. Or are you just not able because you think love is not that rational?
2: I guess that you know my answer already. To me, the feelings that I have, I can control them. I mean, I cannot control the feelings that arise in me. But I can control how to maybe like tackle them. Sometimes I choose not to do that because of different reasons. But when it comes to love, for example, my first boyfriend, back then, I thought that he was the love of my life. And uh, that was the longest relationship that I've had so far. But I understood that he was not the right person for me. Like he was trying to put me down. He was just dragging me down as well. He was like, no, you shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be doing that. Because he didn't want to not improve. Like he was not really ambitious and I'm quite ambitious. And he wanted me to stay by his side, which means that I was not supposed to be ambitious. And that was really difficult, like a rough patch of my life. But I understood that, yeah, I don't want to have this person around me, even though I have strong feelings for him. And I cut out all the, yeah, relationships with him. And even though I was quite down, at the same time, I was really
1: liberated because, yeah, I knew that he was not the right person for me. I think it's hard to judge being out of this state of mind and body and everything. So right now, I would say love is irrational. But if that's not love, but just relationships, they can easily be rational and I can easily take decisions and, yes, decide that I need to break the relationships or decide that I want that and I want to change this or that aspect. But when it's real life, love, I have my doubts about that. So you distinguish the feelings and the relationship itself? Yes,
2: I think so. Yeah, I do the same thing.
0: Why can I not have this mindset? I need it. I need the Russian mindset. Give it to me. Because for me, love is completely irrational. Like my feelings take control of my body and my head is just like, no, don't do it. And my feelings are like, "Mm, you don't have control anymore. I don't care. So bye bye. So I wish I had that power to rationalize these type of things.
1: I'm sending some to you.
0: I will take them gladly. Thank you. Now, we've talked about a relationship, about changing, about everything that you need in a relationship. But what about when this relationship ends? How do you guys heal from a broken heart?
1: Oof, My heart was
2: broken. Well, right now, I don't think that it was broken. But back then, I think that it was. Oh, it was so long ago. But the relationship that I had, not so far along, I needed 20 minutes to overcome it. And the thing is, the thing is that the relationship itself was overall good. And right now I'm feeling grateful for that experience. And despite the fact that I did have feelings, and I'd say more or less strong, yeah, I needed 20 minutes to overcome it. I must sound like, (laughs)
0: like terrible. No, I think it's amazing. Like, I envy you a lot. Like,
2: maybe it's just, I think that this is my personal opinion. Okay. I think that people who suffer from a broken heart don't know who they are. They do not really have their own life under control, kind of, if you know what I mean. They don't know what their hobbies are. They don't know what they want from life. They don't know what direction they are going to. And they are just being completely consumed by this person because they don't have other things to think about, kind of. So in my case, even though we broke up, yeah, it was sad. I was sad, really. That was a nice relationship. But on the other hand, I did and I do know what I want. I do know where I'm going. And this is the core of my life. So it does not depend on the other person. My partner is a nice bonus, so to say, to my life. But again, it's not
1: really core to it. That's why it cannot fall apart. For me, suffering from a broken heart seems a little bit exaggerated. I think I never suffered from a broken heart. I was ready to finish the relationships which I had. That is why it was very sad. Like I cried a little bit on one occasion. I didn't cry on another occasion. So it was not that tough on me. And there were some people around me who were ready to talk to me and, like, to have tea and to ensure that I felt okay. And that really helped. That helped to overcome the sadness. But otherwise, I don't know. I think to the end, sometimes you're so fed up with certain problems that you want to end the relationship or you want to become friends and, like, you want to change it, really. And that's what happened to me, at least on several occasions. And then last time when I talked to my mom as well, Uh, When we broke up with a person, she was like, oh, okay, so you broke up, but I hope you're not sad. I was like, mom, but I'm supposed to be sad. She's like, no, no, you're supposed to be fine. Well, I mean, you can feel sad and you can be
2: fine at the same time. To me, it does not contradict, you know, one the other. For example, you've had this person for, I don't know, a few years in your life. Or, well, at least one year or a few months. It just—it doesn't really matter because the intensity of the relationship can be different and it does not really depend on the time. Yeah, the quality is what matters. And that is kind of understandable that you feel down, that you feel sad about it. But at the same time, yeah, it's not like you're dying. You're fine. You're sad, but fine. (laughs)
0: what sure yeah i wouldn't know anything about it because my heart has not been broken so i don't know so yeah natasha was talking about you know becoming friends with her exes and stuff what do you think about this idea can you be friends after a breakup or do you prefer to have that person away from you
2: i'm still in contact with my second boyfriend and he is an important person in my life I don't have any romantic feelings towards him, but I find him important. So, to me it's it's possible. Of course, it's really difficult to change your mindset and to see this person not as your ex, but like to give them a different label maybe. Yeah. It took me maybe 1 or almost 2 years to completely change my mindset. But now Yeah, I believe that it is possible to stay friends. It's not like you have to, but if this person is really important to you, you don't have to have this romantic relationships to be together.
1: I am pro-staying friends, but sometimes if you're really frustrated with a person, maybe it's easier not to stay friends and to at least not see or talk to each other for some time. Like it happened to me once, I was very much frustrated with the person's writing. Uh, Yeah, as a person did a lot of mistakes in his writing. And I couldn't really like not notice that. And it was very, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) it was very irritating. And he could understand that. And he was asking me, so do I really make a lot of mistakes? And I couldn't lie to him. I said, yes, that's just unbearable for me. And that is how basically we split up. Oh, and That's we never amazing. got in touch. That,
0: that, yes, that is some, the most amazing thing I've ever heard. I think <laughs>
1: really breaking up over the spelling, I don't know, or punctuation, or everything because it was not possible to continue at long distance. I couldn't see that, so you yeah, couldn't could, see
0: his face. Yeah, only his writing.
1: Could you please submit
2: your TOEFL certificate? And it's supposed to be at least eight point five. Thank you.
1: Yeah. And writing nine, bands. After that, I ensured that I need someone who speaks several languages, who is kind of on the same page. Maybe not of education, not in terms of degree, but in terms of... English. English or Russian or other language. Yes. And I'm on my side as well. If the person speaks a different language, then I will try to learn that language. Yeah, but
2: what if you're making mistakes in this new language? What about that person? The
1: person can be irritated, but they cannot <laughs> break up with me. Okay, no, they, it. they have a right, yes. If it makes them irritable, yes, I think. There is no way to continue the relationship. Yeah, I mean, if it's core to you, of course.
0: But I mean, now with this, I have a new question that I didn't have before. <laughs> but I think it's really funny because now maybe Natasha will surprise us further. What is the pettiest thing someone has done that you've been annoyed about?
1: You mean that I was annoyed about and it also changed the relationships?
0: Change or not change? Like something like that, like the way they type. Was it something like that that you had that it was like, oh, this is stupid, but like I'm annoyed at you and I don't like this?
1: Yeah, writing with mistakes and sending emojis which I didn't get. With the monkey yes oh god (laughs) absolutely finally
2: i have found someone who understands my pain i just do not understand why do you need to add this capybara emoji like oh
0: this is so irritating uh can you explain it to me please
2: there is this monkey emoji that is like closing its eyes eyes mouth and ears yeah yeah but usually it's about eyes and i'm like "Mm, don't just don't
0: they don't like it
2: no i hate it i hate it this person is like automatically is dumb no thank you goodbye
0: but now i want to send it to you
2: do you want me to say goodbye to you or what <laughs> it's just especially when it does not have any connection with the like the sentence the context like why are you sending this why just don't do
1: it is it that difficult <laughs> Yeah, I think there are cute emojis, which I like. And I am rational, but I'm also a romantic person. That is why I don't really want to see something which is not romantic. And the messages which are romantic, they can be simple smiles, like, it's fine. But yes, yeah, that's one monkey. Just imagine
2: the sentence, you're so cute. That's really lovely. Yeah, that's romantic. But imagine you're so cute and this like really cute face like, oh, I like you so much.
1: Love it. But imagine this, the same sentence with the monkey emoji. You're so cute and this bleep. It was not only a monkey, but a caterpillar as well. And I don't like insects. I just cannot stand it. And I was trying really to discuss it. And the person didn't get it. Oh my god! <laughs> Just imagine.
2: Okay, so we we have to talk, darling. Yeah, what, what what's happened? I cannot, I cannot take it anymore. I'm so sorry. Like I love you so much, but this caterpillar with bleeping monkey. I'm taking the kids and I'm
1: going to my mother.
0: So Natasha, what if they put all of the insect emojis? What
1: would you do? Well, firstly, I would type ew. I don't yeah. like. You're it. so cute, and the insects ew. <laughs> And I will have my doubts about the person. Yes. Yes.
0: So that's a deal breaker. Can we talk about other petty deal breakers? I just think they're so funny.
2: Someone who eats my food. No. Especially when I'm like, do you want this? And they're like, no, I'm fine. I don't want to eat it. And then when the delivery comes, they're like, okay, I'm going to steal a few. I'm like, no, no. I remember (laughs) I had a dream. I was dating a guy. And we went to the cafe and I ordered pasta and I asked him whether he wanted to order something as well. And he was like, no, I'm fine. I am not really hungry. And then I went out maybe to the toilet or whatever. And when I came back, he had finished my pasta in my dream. And I was like, no, the audacity we're breaking up. And he was like, what What's happening? I'm like, no, goodbye. That was the real dream
0: not a real person but yeah he did you real pain
2: yes yes because i love pasta so no one no one
1: can eat my pasta something else you can think about now that i'm thinking of yes among these strange things there is a backpack that kind of that kind of bag for a sportsman like made from fabric very small and Just almost weightless like a gym bag or yeah, you know, the one which has straps which are very, like, thin, mm-hmm. and it, uh, it doesn't have a cover. I don't know how to describe it, really.
0: Oh, okay, It's usually
1: it. where you put your towels or okay, yeah, things like it. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so having that is fine, but wearing that in public is not fine for me. Like, that's a no. And I was really, again, having conversations about this bag uh, with some people. But it's like a backpack, right? Well, it looks like a backpack, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't call it a backpack. Yeah, but it's just like hanging on the back. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't break up over it, but I would be like, "Mm, disgusting.
0: I mean, for me, fanny packs. I don't know if it's the same bag, but fanny packs, the one that you wear below your tummy. Ah, These ones, they are truly like something else.
2: No, I think that she's actually talking about your backpack, Maria.
0: The fanny pack? No, like the one that... Just a normal backpack? No, she said the strips were thin.
1: Yeah, they're thin and they're like, I don't know, threads. It's a swimming backpack.
0: Yeah, I think I got it. It's like uh, not this fabric. It's like more like plastic, like just smaller like this.
1: No, it's fabric. It's fabric and usually sportsmen have it. Like I had a couple of them. I was using it to go to a gym, but nothing really. That's
0: it? Yes. Yes, that's what I was thinking of. So that's usually for me is plastic or like uh, more, uh-huh. yes, that kind of bag. But for me, fanny packs are worse. Because I have they're a just, couple of. <laughs> I would have to see you in them, but like for me, they're just um, horrible. And also Crocs with socks or like sandals with socks. That is just terrible. I've seen both of you wearing <laughs> that. And for me, I'm Spanish. That is a no, no. That is like horrible to see. Just my eyes, my poor eyes.
1: It was a special occasion. Yeah, sometimes
2: you have to suffer. Like, that's that's the whole idea of living in this world, suffering. And that's the Buddhist idea, not mine, okay? Terrible. <laughs> terrible.
0: Sometimes I see your beauty and then I see your feet and they're like, oh, it's ter- terrible.
2: <laughs> your feet and socks? Or maybe just feet because my, like, you is it pinky? Feet?
1: What's, r- like pink- what's wrong with
2: it? No, my pinky is ugly. And actually, my first boyfriend laughed at it. He, he was like, it's so ugly. And I was like, yeah, I should have dumped his capybara that moment because
0: it is precious. I think your feet are normal. Thank you.
2: Now I don't need anyone's approval. Yeah, of you my need, feet. Validation yeah, I need validation. Yeah, I don't need validation. I'm my own TED talk. Like, that means everything and nothing.
0: Okay, so last question before we play a game that I have prepared. And the last question is, we've been talking about feet. (laughs) (laughs) Where does it
1: go? Sorry. (laughs) So, I want to know,
0: what is the physical aspect of a person that you see first and you like the most? Like, for example, I usually look at people's eyes. I usually look at people's hands, feet. I don't know. Feet?
2: (laughs) I think I pay attention to eyes, to hair, and glasses.
1: I think it was arms before. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Arms are also quite... Mm. Yeah, arms are important. Eyes, yes. And how feminine or how masculine they are. The balance of it. Interesting.
0: You guys know already what I like. I like voice mostly. So yes, that's why I'm in a radio. Because I like people with nice voices. Okay, so let's go to the game. Uh, We're going to play Would You Rather. It's an old classic, but it's very simple. So it should be easy to play. First sentence, would you rather meet the love of your life, quote unquote, one day and then you cannot see them again or never meet them at all? The first option,
2: because I mean, I'm going to enjoy at least one day. And since my life cannot fall apart, then, yeah, I'd rather spend this one day with a person that is allegedly (laughs) the love of my life and then i'm like yeah that was nice and i will keep this nice memory in my heart because i know that i will meet other people as well and they're also going to be okay in the end of the day i'm gonna die so it's better to
1: get as many nice experiences as possible first as well if if that's not titanic
0: Well, I think I'm the only one who's going to choose the second option. I would rather never meet them because then I would think, well, I met the love of my life. What could have been? Like, what if? You know, if we would had more time, if the things were right. So for me, it would be more painful to just see them one day. So I would prefer not to see them at all.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. But I think I would be dreamy, not, or I don't know what I would be. Second one, would you rather be with
0: somebody that is physically your type or someone whose personality is your type? Why are you laughing, Natasha? Just why?
1: Well, because there is always this question either that's a dumb sportsman or it's someone clever but ugly. And I think it's not realistic because usually people are not that dumb and like not that ugly, so it's like
0: But I'm not using extremes. Like I'm saying for example if your type is a blonde guy with green eyes, would you accept somebody that is, let's say, smart, but he is a brown headed guy with blue eyes? Like I'm not telling you that it's the ugliest person you've ever met.
1: Yes, yeah, so I am choosing brains,
2: brain over looks, because looks they fade. Brain it also fades. Yes. And then what? <laughs> and then what? And then we. D- <laughs> <laughs> and then it's Alzheimer. Yeah. Then there is dementia. Yes. Mm. I mean, in my case, even though I have a particular type. I can, if if I fall in love with the personality, then I come to like the looks as well. So it works this way in, in my case.
0: I totally agree. That happens to me too. Because as I've said before, like if I find someone that I don't find attractive, if I like them as a person, then I find them attractive. So yeah, it's the same. And last one. Would you rather, this is going to be fun. Just, I just, oh my God. Would you rather kiss your celebrity crush... Or kiss your real life crush. Oh wow! I don't have a celebrity crush. That's why it's fun for me. Why? <laughs> because neither of you know any famous people. I mean, so that's why no, it's fun.
2: No, that's <laughs> I, I know famous people. Gordon Ramsay, for example.
0: <laughs> I was thinking of him too.
2: <laughs> of who?
0: Of him too. I was thinking of, of him, him too. <laughs> yes.
2: Okay. I, I know. I know Johnny Depp. Do Banderas. Want...
1: Antonia Banderas. Banderas? i am not physically attracted
2: to them (laughs) nor do i want to kiss them yeah but i know
0: i know famous people i know okay so would you rather kiss a famous person or your real life crush
1: of course real life crush like why do i need the celebrity
0: what about you natasha
1: i mean no to celebrities because i'm not interested well i mean if it's no (laughs) oh there is someone some korean drama some japanese drama No, I, I, oh, actually, actually to think
2: of it, I remember watching one Thai TV series and one of the main characters, when I saw him, I was like,
0: whoa, so,
2: so hot. And I followed him on Instagram and I was kind of stalking him for a bit. And I was like, he's way too ethereal. But then I was like, "Mm, Vicky, just like, he is divine. Like his beauty is divine. Like he is the type of the type. But then I understood that I was a little bit too lonely and I was not focusing on things that mattered. So I indulged a little bit.
0: So Natasha, okay, let's, because we've been talking about celebrity crushes for hours and hours, and we've been seeing pictures, (laughs) a lot of them. So just picture your perfect celebrity and just then tell me the answer, because there's probably someone that you like that we have not found yet.
1: Oh, I think there is none because I don't know these people, but let it be Colin first. Oh, 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 oh. Mm.
0: okay. So, him when he was young, yes, or a current crush or someone that you could have a crush on.
1: That's an actor, I still don't get it. Why would I like to kiss an actor who I don't know? That is why a current crush, though, it's very scary. But Colin Ford, mm, his
2: Mr. Darcy is dreamy, god, especially that scene in the lake when he was swimming. I swear to god. I wanted to, like, get into my laptop and just confess my love.
0: Well, then I'm the only one who would rather uh, kiss a celebrity crush, I guess. Who would you kiss? I'm not telling. Okay, so guys, it has been wonderful to discuss love with you two because, you know, I'm unexperienced. So I feel like you two have given me a lot of wisdom and just a lot to think about. So thank you so much for joining me today.
2: That was a pleasure for me too, though I do not think of myself as an experienced person, but live and
1: learn. Yes, thank you, Maria, and thank you for the game as well. That was fun.
0: You're welcome. And you guys, don't forget to follow us on our social media. We are MushtarfM on Facebook and on Instagram. And see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.